Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Dee's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, Dee. Thanks so much for being with us today. And I am sorry I got sidetracked and all kind of other things, but won't let it happen again. We're glad to have you with us today. We're doing a little Wellness Wednesday update, and we're here with Tara Collingwood. She is our sports dietitian. Good morning. How are you doing? Hello, nice to be here. I'm doing great, thank you. <laughs> Good. Maybe I need to get my diet straightened out so I don't get so sidetracked. <laughs> but, but I'm glad to have you here. Um, because one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and I'm sure all of us are kind of kind of caught with this sometimes, is um, trying to pick the best supplements. Um, I was um, in... Uh, well, I, I usually get some of my, some of mine from Sam's and some from some other places, but I was looking at supplements, and you know, I now look at the supplements for the uh, 50 plus, and I was kind of you know there were some things that were like uniform on a couple of well-known supplements, and there were some things that were that had uh, percentages in terms of recommended value that were uh-huh. way over the others. And it and they varied in different ones. I kind of was at a loss in terms of trying to decide which ones to get. So what I wanted to ask, how, how is the minimum, I guess, requirement determined, and especially when it comes to age ranges? Yeah, so those are going to be based on the RDA, the Recommended Dietary Allowances, and that has been with, you know, 100 plus years of research around, you know, how many, how much, how many milligrams or micrograms or whatever it is, depending on the vitamin or mineral of that particular nutrient, do we need to have as a minimum um, to sustain health? So, for example, you know, back in the old, old, old days, vitamin C deficiency was related to scurvy. And um, mm-hmm. so we realized that we need, you know, at least 60 milligrams of, of uh, vitamin C a day in order to prevent, you know, some of these different diseases. And men versus women, sometimes it's the same for men and women, and then sometimes it's different. You know, men are larger, and so they tend to need a little bit more to maintain their bodies versus us women. But then there are certain times, like um, in menopause, in women, we might need a little bit more calcium. And so, you know, it can vary in the, like you said, the 50 plus, of course, the 19 and under category, but generally for most people with the age, between the ages of 19 and 50, it's pretty much the same. Um, mm-hmm. And then once you get over 50, there might be some changes. And then again, there's some over 70 that um, change. And that's mostly related to bone health as well with vitamin D and, uh, and calcium. Okay. So uh, this brings me to another question, especially when you talk about vitamin D and calcium, because um, at one point in time I was taking calcium supplements, um, and then there's, oh, goodness, is it petite K? 
calcium or something like that. There are different types of calcium. But one mm-hmm. doctor told me that um, I didn't really need to take calcium, that I really need to focus more on the D's to absorb the calcium in my food. However, if you're not eating the right foods with enough calcium, that kind of defeats the purpose too, doesn't it? Correct. So ideally, we get everything through our diet. (laughs) Ideally, Um, yes. (laughs) But there are people who are lactose intolerant or vegan that don't do dairy, you know, since we're talking specifically about calcium right now. So they may be, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit low on calcium in their diet. And so taking a supplement is going to be better than not taking a supplement and making sure that they're getting all of that calcium and, to your point, vitamin D. Vitamin D helps calcium to get absorbed. Um, so they're both going to be important in terms of bone health. So, so yes, you know, you, that's what I do is kind of look at someone's diet first. And I'm like, okay, this person's not doing any dairy on a regular basis, um, or, oh, this person has, you know, two servings of dairy on average a day, they'll have some milk or some yogurt or some cheese or something. And so they may not need a calcium supplement. And so, you know, you kind of want to assess your diet first and see how rich that is. And you may not know milligrams of things. Like, I don't know how many milligrams of magnesium I'm eating a day, and I'm a dietitian. But I know that I eat foods that are rich in magnesium, and so I'm, you know, potentially meeting my needs with that, and I may not need to take a magnesium supplement, for example. So it is, it is a little bit of a guessing game because, you know, we don't have all of these things labeled or a lot of the fresh fruits and vegetables and things, you know, are, are definitely, we don't know exactly how much are in it unless you're keeping track and looking it up in the USDA database and all of that. So, um, you know, it is, it is a little bit of a guessing game. But what I say is if you're eating a generally healthy diet and including grain, you know, not excluding any major food groups. So you're not excluding grains. You're not excluding dairy. You're not excluding vegetables. You know, then you're probably getting most of what you need. But there may be some benefit to taking additional of some things, or there are what we call shortfall nutrients that generally most people tend to not get enough of. And so we want to maybe supplement those particular ones, knowing that, you know, vitamin D is not very rich in our food supply. And that's why we do recommend it as a major supplement. Um, So there are certain nutrients that I do recommend, you know, most people do supplement, but that doesn't mean that we have to have, you know, a huge, huge pill case of supplements. It just depends on each individual circumstance and also risk of disease and and what diseases you might be fighting right now, too. Right. So speaking of trying to get more stuff from your your food, one of the issues, and I was actually just talking to my husband about this this, uh, between today and yesterday, too, was I have a tendency to either skip breakfast and, 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 well, in a way, skip breakfast, skip breakfast or eat a bad breakfast or eat a late breakfast. And okay. part of my reason is is that I get up, like I said, my husband gets up really early. And since I have trouble usually falling back to sleep or I have other things I've got to do shortly anyway, I go ahead and get up. So he gets up around four something. I get up closer to five. Uh, you, you know, I'm out the door shortly, shortly after he is. He's out outdoor around five. And I go to the gym. So I go okay. to the gym. Um, sometimes I lollygag, so I don't get in as as, easy, as quickly as I should. Um, I usually try to get at least an hour in. Um, I also, some mornings, uh, I guess you could say the majority of the mornings, I go to mass, uh, you know. And so as a rule, if you're going to mass, you don't eat an hour ahead of time before mass. So even no matter what time I get out of the gym, if I'm going to mass at 8 o'clock, that means um, I don't eat. Um, after seven mm-hmm. o'clock, so by the time I get okay. out of mass, it's probably going to go be go like eight thirty, and so I'm dealing with some conflicts in the sense that number one, um, I have heard that you're supposed to eat within a certain amount of time of getting up, or within mm-hmm. a certain amount of time of exercising. So I think I'm putting some of that in jeopardy. The other thing is too that even after eight thirty. I don't necessarily go right back home. I'm out running errands. So part of my issue, like I said, is that 
I'm either probably eating, not eating or eating something that's not necessarily the best thing for me. So I was talking, I was thinking about getting something portable, uh, like, you know, fruit, like trying to carry portable fruits and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I was also told that maybe just having fruit or maybe just having some yogurt is not necessarily breaking the fast, which is what breakfast mm-hmm. is supposed to do. Right. So, given all of that, <laughs> can you can could you make the question longer, please? <laughs> um, okay. So, given all it. of that, can you help a sister out? Can you? Can, <laughs> what? What? Yes, how, how can this be restructured, or what am I missing, or how can I improve this to make sure that I'm not jeopardizing my health, basically? Yep. Okay, so yeah, you got that was that was there's a lot going on there. So <laughs> kudos to you for going to the gym at 5 a.m. I mean that's huge. So right there, that's something absolutely positive for your health. So I just want to give you a huge, huge, huge pat on the back for doing that and for getting up at you know oh dark hundred um, and doing that every <laughs> every morning. So or most mornings it sounds like. Um, so yes, ideally. So to answer your question about when are you supposed to eat, ideally. Um, I like people to eat something within an hour of getting up. Now, that notice I didn't say breakfast within an hour of getting up. So I'm like you, actually, where I'm exercising at ODARC 30. And so by the time I get breakfast, it's going to be, you know, several hours later because I've exercised, I walk the dog, I shower, and then I eat breakfast. And so Uh because of that and because I'm also expending a lot of energy, I just have a a little snack right, right when I get up, you know, again, you know, it's like, oh, dark 30, you don't really, you're not really thinking about food yet. But because my body actually is used to getting something that early in the morning, I actually sometimes have my stomach growling while I'm still hitting the snooze because my body's like, mm-hmm. hey, I see you're going to get up. I normally get food right now. Where is it? <laughs> and so what I'll usually have is either a piece of fruit or, you know, so I'm not talking about a lot. I, I, honestly, the biggest thing I usually have is just a couple of handfuls of, of dry cereal. You know, I don't want to sit down to a bowl of cereal at that time and before my exercise, but I'll just mm-hmm. have a couple of handfuls of Wheaties or Cheerios or, you know, something like that. And, um, and of course, some water to hydrate before the exercise. And then I go do my thing and I exercise and then I come back after all that. And, um, and, you know, then have my quote unquote breakfast. So it's similar timing actually to what you're doing, you know, by the time you do finish all your exercise, then do math and all that, you know, might be several hours later. Here's the issue is that your demand. So I try to teach supply and demand. So going back to like economics class, you know, supply and demand. So supply is food, demand is energy out. So exercising, of course, is the biggest time of the day where, extra, where, where calories are going out. You're burning a lot mm-hmm. of calories. Then you're finishing that. You're showering. You're dressing. You're going to mass. Then you're like, oh, let me take a breath. It's 830. I've been up since 430. So now that's four hours that you've been up. Plus, mm-hmm. you've a lot of energy. So now you're like way behind the curve. And then it sounds like you kind of even – you know, get busy and start running errands and doing other stuff. So what I would try to do is maybe try to do a couple little snacks. So you're not sitting down to necessarily like quote unquote breakfast, breakfast, but you have that little snack at, you know, 4.30 a.m. Then right after your workout, maybe you bring a protein shake with you to the gym and you drink that while you're showering and getting ready and all that kind of stuff or that yogurt or yogurt smoothie or you know, even a banana, a bar, a nutrition bar, like something that's portable that okay. isn't going to require you, not a donut, but something that's going <laughs> to no, no. go with you to the gym that's going to make you feel good after your workout. And after the workout, we want a combination of protein and carbs. So that's why I'm thinking like some kind of like a, you know, smoothie or, or even a protein shake with a piece of fruit because a lot of the protein mm-hmm. shakes are mostly protein and don't have much carb. So you could do, you know, a piece of fruit and the protein shake. And that way you've had it, you know, if I'm doing the timing right, maybe now it's like 637. And so you're Mm -hmm. just getting that kind of one hour before mass, you know, thing that you want um, where, you know, you haven't eaten something within that hour. So if you can try to eat something by seven and then 
at like nine nine thirty. So now, you know, again, if you eat that at six thirty, seven, eight, nine, now three hours later, you know, it wasn't big enough to last you until noon. So now maybe at nine thirty you have another mm-hmm. snack of some sort. So this is where that, you know, yogurt or granola bar or again, piece of fruit or maybe you do sit down to more of a significant a breakfast. You know, breakfast. Okay. Yeah. Does that help? So then this brings yeah, that, that actually kind of helps, but I do have another question, but we're going to take a quick break before I ask it because it has something to do with those lovely bars that you were mentioning. So uh, we're here with Tara calling with the Diet Diva. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson & Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks for being with us this morning. We're talking, or we're going to talk some more about supplements, but I kind of got off track uh, on my own personal journey. But I'm hoping, I usually try to share because I hope it helps other folks as well. And we're here with um, Tara Collingwood, a diet diva. And um, if you, well, not taking questions today, but if you have questions and we're not getting to them today, uh, hit me up on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. Leave me a message, and I'll get that to Tara. But I okay. So the I have questions about the different types of nutrition bars out there for you know for lack of a better word, I guess. Because some of them, I worry, are just made up with a bunch of stuff and are called nutrition bars, and I'm not sure what which ones to pick and for what. Because they, you know, some of them, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get into all of that. But anyway, so one of the things that we've done, we've kind of gravitated toward now is um, Belvedas for in the morning. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll yep. grab a small pack of, of those. And I'm thinking, based on what you're saying, is maybe grab a, a Belvita and maybe, a, you know, one of those, um, like, yogurt smoothies or something like that. But, um, yeah. and then I, and my personal favorite, although I've told, been told it's probably not the best for you, my personal favorite is a Kind Bar. I love the Kind Bars. But, yeah, um, those are great. Okay. Um, so, but there are things to be looking out for, and I know for some people with nut allergies, some of these are not going to work. Um, the other thing is sugar, amounts of sugar that are in these, you know, to make them palatable. Do you have a preference, or is there something that we should be looking for when we look into these nutrition bars? Sure, yeah. So I love Velveeta breakfast biscuits. I think those are great. And actually, that would be something great to do at that 4.30 a.m. time. Maybe not the whole pack, but maybe you do two of the full of the little, you know, biscuits in there because you're just wanting right. a little something before that workout, and then you eat the other half, you know, afterwards along with, you know, that protein shake. So, you know, those the, the Velveeta biscuits are basically just like a lot of carb, which is good. That's not a bad thing. You know, that's like my dry cereal. It's, it's the same thing. It's just giving you some carb right before that exercise. And then after exercise, you still want a little bit of carb, but that's when you want to also bring in that protein. So like you said that, you know, yogurt smoothie or something along with that would be great. So back to the bars. Okay. So yeah, the, the big thing with the bars is a lot of them are nuts. So definitely, um, you know, if you have a nut allergy, you're already very aware of that. Um, and there, there's so many different kind of classifications and uses of these bars. So, you know, something like a cliff bar or a granola bar type is going to be mostly carbohydrate, a little bit of protein. So that's going to be good for energy before a workout, um, you know, immediately after a workout, 
Uh, I mean, you could have it, you know, at your desk while you're working throughout the day or when you're on the run, do an errand, something like that. You know, that's fine. And then there's the other bars that tend to be very high in protein and have like no carbs. In them. And that's going to be like your Quest, your one uh, bars, the, you know, um, a lot of those kind of bars. And then you have some that are kind of a mix, like the Meta or the uh, RX bars. Um, those are, you know, some carbs, some protein. Uh, again, Cliff has like a Cliff Builder bar that's protein, but also has some carbs. So, you know, there's a lot of different, and Kind bars are sort of like that, where it has some carbs, some protein. And Kind bars are actually very high in fat because of all the almonds and nuts in there. But that's not a bad thing because it's coming from nuts. You know, it's, it's good fat, but just know that, you know, they ha- it has a little bit more um, fat in that profile. So I think it just depends okay. on, you know, one taste, like you said. I'm not going to eat a bar that's chalky and nasty and has a bad appetite. Okay. Good. I'm glad you said <laughs> and, that. Um, some of them are like, what the heck? Yeah. Am I really supposed to eat this? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, good. you know, it's finding the size and kind of the the what's in it that, you know, where where am I in my day? What do I need out of this bar? Um, so I like to look for some that at least have some protein in them if I'm doing it in between meals or definitely as a meal replacer, um, you know, just to give me a little bit of that more lasting energy. But if I'm going to do something like that right before exercise, or if I'm going to combine it with something that's going to have more protein, like a protein shake, then I might do, you know, one that has a little bit more of that, that carbohydrate or like for kids. You know, I'll give my kids some of them that are the higher carbohydrate ones when we're on the way to the track meet or right before their, you know, soccer practice or something like that. Like those high carbohydrate ones, the granola e more ones, um, or like the breakfast biscuits. And there's a couple different brands of that kind of thing um, that would be great for, you know, right before exercise. That just gonna is gonna be easy to digest and and very palatable. <laughs> So, yeah, um, one of my favorite ones right now is Built. Um, it's just Built.com, and they are a higher-protein bar, but they don't have that kind of chalky, really, you know, chewy consistency that some of those other, like, the Quest bars have. So check those out. Mm-hmm. And they're a little bit smaller. Like, sometimes, you know, some of these bars are kind of overwhelming. They're, like, so big or, you know, so, like, to chew through. Mm-hmm. And so I like the belt bars because they're very sweet, and I like sweet. <laughs> yeah. And they've got about 15 grams of protein, but only about 150 calories. So I'm not breaking the bank with calories, so it's a perfect little afternoon snack for me or, you know, part of my breakfast on the go, you know, along with a piece of fruit or something else. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's tons of bars out there. I think you just have to kind of experiment with, flavors, but then also looking at what do I need right now? Do I need protein? Do I need more carbs? Like, what do I need at this time, depending on what am I about to go do? If you're sitting at your desk, then a combination of carbs and protein. If you're right before exercise, then mostly carbs. If you're right after exercise, combination of carbs and protein or combine it with, you know, something that gives you the other. Okay. And I'm glad you said you don't have to eat the whole pack of Delvitas. And it's not that I don't like them. That's a lot, actually. You know, it looks like a small pack. But it's like four of those crackers in there. And it's like after, you know, I go through through like a cracker and a half. I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to save the rest for later. So Yeah, just fold it over and save it for later. Yep. Yeah, that's what I usually do. So, and what I do try to do though, because is to try to drink water. Um, it, if water is a force issue with me, but in the morning I do try to drink more water because my understanding too is sometimes you're not really hungry. Sometimes you you may be a little dehydrated, you know. Yeah, and especially sure. if I'm going to be sweating a lot. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Well, good to know. Good to know. So. All right, so I want to get back to um, – there's something else you want to add. I want to get back to the supplements because I had some yeah. supplements that I wanted to ask about, and I think a lot of people are going to be interested in, in this because um, I being on a computer a lot, and I am really a lot more on the computer uh, than I used to be. Um, I work um, from 5 to 10 on a, a computer computer 
uh, during work, Monday through Friday, 5 to 10 in the evening. That's in addition to just all of my daily stuff with real estate and then the podcast and other things like that. Um, and then, yes, I do get a little TV in. So my eyes are, mm-hmm. are just constantly being worn down. I yeah. So there's some supplement. Well, it's a combination of supplements that I usually see called lutein and yep. xanthan. Are you familiar with those? Yep, of course. Okay. Tell me about them. Is it good to have that as a supplement? Is it really helpful as far as you know in terms of eye health? Yeah, absolutely. So lutein is one of those nutrients that has been related to eye health, and you can find that in a lot of different fruits and vegetables. Um, a lot of actually orange fruits and vegetables are good with lutein. Um, so, um, so yeah, that one's a really good one for, um, for eye health. And then um, also, so it's a, it's a carotenoid. It's in this family of carotenoids. So that's why anything orange is going to be good. So you've got your orange peppers. You've got your, you know, butternut squash, all that kind of stuff, even egg yolks. Um, have a good amount of, of lutein, but then also some other things like, you know, kiwi and, and things will have, um, will have that as well. Okay. So, yeah, so that is going to be really good. And, um, and then zeaxanthin, that's <laughs> a mouthful, is the other one that, that you were talking about that has also been um, shown to help with, with eye health. And that's going to be mostly in green foods. So your spinach and kale and all that good stuff, um, you know, peas, those are going to be good as well. So, um, so anything green, anything orange, <laughs> those are going to be good to eat. But then also, of course, we can, um, oh, I've got carrots, <laughs> duh, the biggest orange, <laughs> orange thing you eat. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, so those are going to be really good in terms of, of eye health and just to, you know, work with the, the macular of the eye. Um, now, is it going to prevent you from going blind or is it going to, you know, we, we, we always are very careful when it comes to nutrition to not say it's going to cure or prevent, but it right. may help reduce risk <laughs> of, you know, any of these particular or, you know, reduce the progression of any of those things. So, yes, if you have any kind of, you know, macular degeneration or, or eye health issues, then I would say definitely focusing on those two particular nutrients. And those are what we call phytonutrients. So it's not a vitamin or a mineral, but it's just mm-hmm. one of these antioxidant-type plant-based, you know, compounds that are in foods. Um, you know, lycopene is another one that you hear of that's in tomatoes and, you know, some of the red foods. It's good for heart health. And you hear about resveratrol that's in red wine and, and red grapes and, and uh, grape juice. So, you know, there's lots of them. There's actually thousands of these types of compounds. We just know of some of the most common ones that, that we hear about. So, yes, those are definitely good for your eye health. Okay, good, good. Um, I also take a supplement usually called, well, it's omega-369. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you know, I know we hear more about one omega than the other, but yep. um, my understanding that this combination is, is helpful, but you tell me. <laughs> You're the authority. Yeah, no, uh, and, and maybe I mean, we need I... to have, un- have a better understanding in terms of what each of those omegas are for. Yep. Yeah, so the one we hear about the most is omega-3s because that's where the most research and the most benefit tends to be. But the 6 and 9 are good, too. You know, that's fine. That's great to, you know, to have that balance of the 6s and the 9s. And we just tend to... We tend to eat enough of the sixes and nines, so I don't generally recommend that people, you know, go out of their way to take major supplementation of omega-6 and 9, but omega-3, oh, we don't okay. tend to get enough of. And that's good. But again, if it's in the supplement that you're doing, that's fine. Um, but, you know, definitely I recommend, and that's one of the supplements, you know, if you were to say, what are your top three? Omega-3 is definitely in the top three of um, okay. supplements. That, that people should take because of all of the different health benefits and because we don't get enough in our diet unless you're eating a lot of fatty fish and not even just salmon twice a week. I mean, I'm talking like mm. every day having some yeah. good amount of omega-3, you know, high-fat fish like salmon, tuna, mackerel, um, sardines, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, we want to have those omega-3s, and they're mostly in fish. Yes, there are some omega-3s in things like flax and chia and canola and walnuts, but 
that's a different type of omega-3, the ALA. It's a plant-based one, and still good for you, but we really want the fish-based ones, the DHA and the EPA. Those have been found to be the most beneficial for your heart, your brain, um, all of that. So, yes, so I would do a supplement of the omega-3, and what you want to look for is to have the DHA and the EPA add up to 1,000. So when you're looking at your label, look at how much DHA, EPA is in each serving. And remember, a serving might be two pills. (laughs) So make sure that you're like, you know, making, checking what the serving is. Is it one pill? Is it two pill? And, you know, these omega-3s are big pills. So just, you know, be ready for that, that, you know, they might be big old horse pills. There are a few brands, um, like Nature Made makes a smaller one um, Mm -hmm. for people who can't swallow the big pills. And again, check the label to see how many pills do I need to take in order to get my thousand combined of the DHA plus the EPA. Okay. We're going to talk more about supplements when we get back. We're here with Tara Collingwood, the Diet Diva. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast, let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple, dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720, Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We're talking with the diet diva, Tara Collingwood, and uh, we're talking supplements today because I had some questions and and just trying to pick a multivitamin uh, because there's all different kinds, but I I take some other ones too, and I wanted to ask her some questions, and especially I wanted to ask about certain ones for things that, you know, we do on a regular basis, such as exercise, such as working on the computers, because there's ones for all different types of things. I also wanted to ask you about supplement tar for uh, uh, weight loss. Uh, My understanding is, Mm -hmm. and please correct me if I'm wrong, lecithin is supposed to be one of those that's helpful with that. Is that true? Yeah, you know, if I had a supplement that could help people lose weight, I would be on my yacht in the Caribbean right now. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, to date, there really is not, I mean, there are some prescription drugs that have been approved um, for potential assistance with weight loss, but there's no magic. There's no magic bullet. There's no right. magic cure. There's no magic supplement. So, you know, again, I think, you know, especially when it comes to weight loss, fat burning, what, what mm-hmm. the trouble you get into with these supplements that are, that are listed fat burners is that mm-hmm. they often put things in it that, that rev up your metabolism, a.k.a. your heart rate, a.k.a. caffeine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I've you know, noticed that. I mean, it, yeah, it's a stimulant. And so, you know, it's, it's not really effective for weight loss safely, you know, so it could potentially, you know, rev you up and you're all hyper and, you know, now you're burning more calories because you're running around, you know, jumping off the wall. Um, but, you know, there's nothing, again, to date that is going to necessarily melt the fat off your body. Or suck the fat off your body. <laughs> so, well, also yeah. too, if you're revving your heart up like that, that's hard on your heart. Exactly. You know, it can be very dangerous I mean, for people with known or unknown underlying, you know, heart conditions that you don't know you had this. I mean, I've seen many, 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 many news stories and case studies of people who have taken these supplements, thinking they were perfectly healthy, and then. You know, boom, they drop dead and they do the autopsy and find out that, oh, they were taking this and that did this to their blood pressure and heart rate and blah, blah, and, you know, boom, 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't want to mess with it. Right. I, I know that um, when my mother had her first heart attack, we all kind of cut down and out on a lot of caffeine. So, um, mm-hmm. so I've been doing, like, a lot of decaffeinated stuff for a while. So when I do caffeine, um, a little bit too much caffeine, I can tell the difference. You know, and, and yeah. part of my problem, too, is I have – uh, hyperthyroidism with grave disease. So um, mm. sometimes it, it doesn't take much for, for my heart to rev up. Now, I did have my heart checked last month, did a battery battery test, and, and you know, for the most part, I'm I'm good, so that's not even an issue. But I, I, was, I just wanted to say, if you are away from caffeine and then you kind of go back to it, and, and bad me, one of the things that I, I really found that I liked that I tried and I shouldn't have was Coke with coffee. I just like not not a good thing, but um, Coke find with that coffee. Coke with coffee. I love the stuff. Um, yeah, Gosh. but it's not it's not good because yeah. <laughs> it's got too no, much caffeine. Way too much. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, yeah. I can tell we we bought some um, tea, and usually I, at home, I'll if I make home brewed tea, I usually use uh, decaf. And usually decaf green tea for my iced tea, but um, we like Gold Peak tea also. And I, they had some on sale, and I bought some and everything. So I'm having Gold Peak tea. My husband even said yesterday he's like, you know, this stuff is kind of addictive. Well, I, you know, I, after mm-hmm. a couple of days of having the Gold Peak tea, I could, I could tell, you know, the heart still, you know, a little bit, just a little bit um, of an extra beat or something there, or a little faster beat, you know, so. You gotta you gotta kinda watch the caffeine for sure, whether you're yeah. used to it or not. Yeah. So so okay. So I'm at the gym, I'm working out and I'm trying to dissolve this this fat. And so that's the other question I wanted to kinda go back to also because, you know, how much of it is diet and how much of it is exercise or where's the balance? Yeah, well, that's the age-old question um, is, mm-hmm. you know, you can't outrun a bad diet, um, but you also, you know, can't diet away without moving because then you're going to lose muscle along the way as well. So it definitely mm-hmm. is a combination. I've seen both scenarios with clients throughout the years. Um, so, you know, you can diet without exercise until you hit a plateau and you don't lose any more weight. So you might lose weight, lose weight, and then your body's like, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm done losing weight for you. I'm going to lower your metabolism. And that's when you go, ooh, I got to kick in. The <sighs> exercise. Um, and, and then I've seen the opposite where they're just, you know, doing tons of exercise and not paying attention to diet. And then, you know, more and more exercise and end up injured and, you know, that kind of thing. So you definitely want to be paying attention to both. And I think it just depends on, you know, I don't have a percentage of, you know, it's 80% diet or it's, you know, Mm-hmm. exercise or something like that because I think every individual right. is different too I think it depends on you know how much are you sitting throughout the day what is your daily activity are you running around after a three-year-old or are you you know literally sitting 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 like you had said before you know sitting in front of a computer for 12 hours a day so you know mm-hmm. I think it just really depends on what is your current activity level um, you know when are you eating so we talked about this a little bit earlier it's not just the what you're eating but it's the when and how much at one time so the more you can mm-hmm. sort of spread that food out throughout the day um, and have the smaller amounts more frequently rather than, you know, big, huge meals twice a day, then that's going to help as well. So there's lots of different factors um, that can, you know, that can go into this. So it is, you know, very difficult to, you know, just say it's one or the other. And, and the timing is, is, from what I understand, is kind of important and it, because one of the things I used to try to do is I would try to eat no later than 7 o'clock, um, mm-hmm. you know. And, but now I work from 5 to 10 in the evening, and so, and, like, I can't see my last meal being, like, 4.30 in the afternoon. You know, that just seems like well, a yeah, very long if you're, time. Yeah, you need brain yeah. power and all that. Well, girl, when are you so sleeping? I usually, if, you're going, if you're working till 10 and you're getting up at 4.30. 
Yeah, yeah, well, that's a whole other subject. Um, <laughs> that's another that's episode all, for another day. Stay tuned. That's listen. another subject. <laughs> I know that's wrong. <laughs> There's nothing much I can do about that, though, so that's just uh, – but anyway, but so I have my break. I usually – sometimes they want to schedule it earlier, but I usually try to take my break around 8 o'clock. So, like, yeah, between 8 and 8.15, I try to, you know, because it was, it was just later than I'd like. But still, yep. it's like, it, you know, I think that's kind of the perfect midway. And and uh, so usually before my 15-minute break, I usually try to grab something then. Um, that's the only time I see my husband, too. Um, <laughs> so, oh. you know, we, we're usually trying to, to to share either a cup of tea and something quick, and usually around that time, you know, because by the time I get off at 10, he, he is snoring. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't wait. Yeah. For, no offense, I wouldn't wait for you to eat at 10 p.m. <laughs> I don't blame him one bit, not at all. Yeah. So, so anyway, so if I'm eating that late, um, what should I be eating? How heavy? Of, I, I guess I should be having more of a snack than an actual meal. Or like you said, actually, should be several small meals or snacks through the course of the day. So if that's yep. my last one between 8 and 8.15, what should yep. be in, in that? Something that so what I would do I, I would is say I not would too do, heavy and not going not gonna to yeah. keep me awake when I finally I do go it, to bed, right? I would make it. Yeah, I would make it real food, quote unquote, you know, not just like, because a lot of times when we say snack, people just think of snack foods um, and Mm -hmm. it may or may not be overly nutritious. And so I would definitely make it real food, quote unquote. So, you know, some protein, um, you know, some meat in there, some grains, some vegetables. So to me, what's screaming out to me right now that would be quick and easy for you to do is some kind of like a soup or a chowder or you know, something that you can warm up real quick and just sort of be, you know, eating at that time, you could do a quick sandwich that's already prepared that, you know, would be, I mean, it's no fun to eat a cold sandwich at eight o'clock at night, but you know, if that's, Mm -hmm. if you, it depends on how much time you have. Um, Or you can have leftovers. Like for example, tonight, you know, like I I had cooked some chicken legs. I'm thinking about, you know, maybe some chicken and vegetables tonight. Yep. That's what I was going to say is, is leftovers. Leftovers are a beautiful thing. Or what you do is on the weekends, unfortunately, people don't like my two P words, which is preparation and planning. So, mm-hmm. you know, planning ahead and doing some food prep on the weekends so that, you know, now you've got this little beautiful, magical dish in the refrigerator that you just pull out and stick in mm-hmm. the microwave and boom, you've got dinner. Or if you don't want to do it yourself, believe me, there's a ton of meal prep companies that would love to take your money yep. and send you some. And they're <laughs> beautiful. They're wonderful. I'm not saying that yeah. in a bad way. Like, they're, you know, you get food delivered on your doorstep. You pop it in the refrigerator. You pop it in the oven or the microwave. And boom, you've got, you know, starch, veggie, protein. And you didn't have to dirty a pan. So, I mean, this is, this is what a lot of people are doing right now, especially a lot of the athletes I work with. Um, you know, they'll just, they're like, I, I don't want to mess with it. I just love getting it delivered to me. And I, you know, know what I'm getting. It's portion controlled. I'm not sitting there tempted to take seconds. I'm not sitting there, you know, with a bunch of other stuff in the, in the cabinet that I'm snacking on or whatever. And I, you know, that was dinner right there. Easy Mm -hmm. to do. Well, see, this is where I have to give my mother, God rest her soul, Jesse Dimps, ultimate credit. Because when I was in my twenties, after I graduated college and I had like my first apartment or whatever, and I was, you know, I, I actually still was trying to go to school and I was working and I was really active with some organizations and stuff. And I was never home. Uh, she is the one yeah. that taught me about the the cooking on the weekends. And so yeah. I, I, this is when I actually, believe it or not, got into golf. I would turn the golf game on. To see it, uh-huh. but I turn the volume down, and I, I like jazz. So I would turn the jazz up. I turn the golf on, and I would cook on, on Sunday it. afternoons. <laughs> so I would cook on Sunday afternoons, and like you know those um, back in the day before microwave, and they used to have the Swanson dinners or whatever. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, I had some of those, but I would keep the containers, and I would put the food I would cook. I would put in those containers, and I would put them away for the week. So Perfect. when I was home during the week, all I had to do was heat them up. 
Now it's not as quick as the microwave, but still it was better than trying to cook a full meal every day. Um, Absolutely. You know, with that schedule, yeah. Yeah. So I well, have... Mama Dance, we love her. <laughs> yes, we do. Got to give her credit for that. So. She taught you. So well, we're gonna... That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, is is people don't like to, you know, have to prep, but then, the, but yeah, they want magical, healthy food in front of them at all times. It's like, well, that's going to take a little bit to to get that. So either you you hire yeah. someone to make it for you, or you got to do it yourself on the weekends or whenever you have the time to, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you decide I'm going to cook Mondays and Thursdays, and you cook a whole bunch mm-hmm. of stuff, and then you have leftovers for Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, or whatever, and then we go out Sunday. You know, whatever it is, but you don't have to right. cook seven days a week. But if you mm-hmm. cook even two, three days a week and make enough to have leftovers, and you can repurpose those leftovers, so you don't have to eat. Like you said, you have chicken. Okay, well, make it mm-hmm. into a chicken stir fry. Make it into chicken tacos, chicken enchiladas, chicken. You know, you mm-hmm. don't have to eat it the same as the first time you made it. You know, you can right. repurpose it into all kinds of different flavors. Well, one of the things too that I discovered with doing the, all of that cooking at one time, and then you're heating it up later, you're not burning. This is this saves energy too. You're not burning the yeah. oven and yeah. the stove and everything for hours on end every day. You do it one yep. time. You prep all that stuff. Dishes. You put it away. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Then you don't have to so. do all those dishes. Love it. <laughs> So let's get and gotten off course again, but that's fine. Um, getting back though to certain supplements, do you yeah. have any recommended supplements that you feel like the way we, based on the way we live now that we're kind of lacking yep. that we should pay more attention yep. to? Yeah. So I said earlier, you know, ideally uh, we eat everything that we need, but. You know, we we do have a lot of processed food in our life, and that's just that's a fact. I mean, it is. I eat. I'm a. This is what I do for a living, and I eat processed food. Like it's just part of you know working mom, and you know whatever. Like it's just part of life. So I do recommend. I like that you mentioned the multivitamins. So let me just kind of talk about the differences between a few of those. So all women of childbearing age, I feel like whether you're planning on getting pregnant or not. Um, all women of childbearing age should be on a multivitamin minimum and or just take a prenatal. Even if you're not planning on being pregnant, there's the only difference between a regular multivitamin for women and a prenatal is it has a little bit more iron, a little bit more folic acid, like a little bit more of certain nutrients. Now, if that iron bothers your stomach, makes you constipated, then just take a women's um, multivitamin. So, again, that's the difference between the women's and the men's multivitamin is women's is going to have iron, men's doesn't. Okay, that's the main difference because women, you know, again, talking about gender differences, women bleed every month. And so they're losing iron in that blood. And so that's why women and we don't eat as much as men. We don't eat as big of a steak. We don't eat as much meat. We don't eat as much of the iron rich foods. And so, you know, taking that that multivitamin with iron is going to be good. Men don't really need any extra iron because they eat a lot of meat in general and they're not losing blood. And so, you know, that's the difference. So if you're a man, take a men's formula. If you're a woman, take a woman's formula. If you're a woman of childbearing age, take a prenatal, um, especially if you're planning on being pregnant. And then we get to the over 50, like you were talking about, which generally, you know, is the same for men and women because now you don't have the extra iron because, you know, you're either close to or have been through menopause and don't need that extra iron as a woman. So the men's and the women tend to be, you know, pretty darn similar. So they'll just have one that's over 50. And so now you can, you know, take that. And again, some of our nutrient needs change once we get to over 50. And so the supplement maker is sort of looking at that and going, okay, you know, over 50, you need a little more of this and a little less of that. So, you know, they might tweak their formula for that. So that all being said, I I would say, you know, I said I have my top three supplements. I would say, you know, the omega-3 for sure, the fish oil, um, you know, omega-3, the multivitamin. And then my third is vitamin D. And you might say, well, I got vitamin D in my multi. Eh, it's not enough. <laughs> I'm of the camp that we need a little bit more vitamin D, even more than what the multivitamin says, even more than the RDA. I think, and a lot of health professionals believe, that the vitamin D RDA is too low and that we want to have a little bit more vitamin D. And there's no negative to taking more vitamin D. It's not like you're going to overdose. It's not like you're going to have any negative side effects. So taking a little bit more vitamin D isn't a bad thing. So I would say, you know, we want, like with the omega-3, we want 1,000. 
And just remember that for vitamin D as well, 1,000. Unless you're deficient, then I would say do 2,000 and do 5,000. Those are the strengths that are on the shelf, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000. By the way, they're all the same size. (laughs) So it's not like they're all tiny. Vitamin D is tiny. So it's a tiny little, unlike that fish oil um, or the calcium supplement that are these big old horse pills, um, the vitamin D is tiny. So people, um, you know, African-American, Asian, Indian, all of those, um, you know, ethnic backgrounds, there's something about the melanin in our skin or in Mm -hmm. just the, you know, the cultural background that causes, causes those backgrounds to have very low vitamin D levels. And I know, you know, it's the sunshine vitamin, Mm -hmm. but we don't get it. You know, even us whiteies don't get enough vitamin D from the sun, you know, even in Florida, because we're inside all day. (laughs) We're not sitting there on the beach. Right. Um, Maybe even if you were outside a lot, though, you you don't want to to try to get it all from there because you're going to end up getting skin cancer or something else because you're going to, you know, if you're not taking care, or even if you are taking care of your skin, sometimes you just can't take care of it enough. But I know what you're talking about personally because I'm on vitamin D. Um, When they ran a battery of tests after I was diagnosed with with the hyperthyroidism graze, and they found that I was very vitamin D deficient or whatever, um, and I had, I guess, osteo arthritis. I can never remember the difference between osteoporosis and arthritis. uh, uh, Yeah. But so they tried me on, I guess, a generic version of Fosamax, and it took me off and stuff like that because apparently they don't want to leave you on that stuff too long. But anyway, battery tests with different allergies. Yeah. And my D was really low. So she was like, well, I want you on 2,000 IUs, I guess it is, uh, a day. And I couldn't find 2,000 IUs, so um, I went and found 5,000, but I would take the 5,000 like every other day or like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And 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 it was still low. And she's like, I want you to take the 5,000 every day. I'm like, every day. Oh, you yeah. know, and I started to get a little scared, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, I take the 5000 every day now. Now, this is my question because when I was growing up, you always were taught you take vitamin C, vitamin C keeps you from getting colds and stuff and vitamin C is good, is good for your immune system. I'm finding though that I'm hearing that vitamin D is mm-hmm. also a, a good for your immune system. Can you clarify Absolutely. Please? Absolutely. So there's a lot of things that are good for your immune system between zinc and vitamin C and probiotics, and we'll talk about that next, and, uh, and vitamin D. So vitamin D, the role of vitamin D officially is to help calcium absorb in your bones. So we used to think that vitamin D was only related to, you know, kind of bone health, but we've realized that vitamin D, I mean, you name a disease and there's probably a study connecting vitamin D to it, um, especially wow. like multiple sclerosis. Um, very, very common that people with multiple sclerosis end up coming in with vitamin D levels in the single digits, which is very low. I mean, we want to be 50 or above. So, you know, mm. when you're at you know, six or seven, like that's really bad. And, and it's kind of a chicken and egg. Like did the multiple sclerosis cause the low vitamin D or did the low vitamin D? Again, I'm not saying causing or preventing, but I'm just saying there's a correlation between a lot of even some of the chronic diseases and low vitamin D levels. And so, you know, it's a simple, tiny pill to just take daily. Or like you said, you could even do it weekly. So some people do 10,000 weekly or, you know, 50,000 weekly. And, you know, I would definitely check with your doctor before you do something like that. I'm very comfortable recommending 5,000 daily for, you know, for most people. Um, But Mm -hmm. obviously check with your doctor if you're going to do, you know, high, high doses. Um, But, but yeah, I think you're on the right track there with, yeah, you know what, the 2,000 didn't do it. And the other thing is, if you're really deficient right now, it takes a lot to build it up. So what you might mm-hmm. find is that, you know what, the 2,000 didn't do it. I've been doing the 5,000 daily now for three, four months or whatever, and then go get retested or six months. And, oh, my, my levels are good now. And, um, you know, then you can drop down to the 2,000 to maintain. But you just had mm-hmm. to kind of do a lot to get it up. You know, again, it takes regular monitoring um, in order mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of test all that. And unfortunately, like my insurance, I have really good insurance, like medical insurance, and they mm-hmm. don't cover vitamin D. And so, like, when I mm-hmm. went to class, they were like, yeah, it's going to cost you 170 whatever dollars. And I was like, what? 
<laughs> to get a vitamin D level? Are you kidding me? I'm like, forget it. You know, I take vitamin D regularly. I'll just assume mine's good. Um, and so, you know, that's the, that's the frustrating part is that you, yeah. know, there's, you can't always get it, you know, get it tested depending on your insurance and, and other conditions. So if you had osteopenia or osteoporosis, then your, the insurance would say, oh, absolutely, we'll cover a vitamin D test. But, you know, for any old schmo, they may not. Um, so right. that's, you know, that's frustrating. But there are organizations, like I think it's grassrootshealth.org.com. They're like the big vitamin D researchers in the country, and they offer like a finger stick test. Like you can pay them 50 bucks, and they'll send you a test kit, and you do a finger stick, drop your blood on there, mail it back to them, and they'll tell you your vitamin D level better than $173. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I think we're, you know, we are on the same page, but that's really good. And then I just wanted to mention, I know we're, we're closing in on time, the probiotics. So probiotics are another good one. We think of it as gut health, but most of our immune system is in our gut. And we've learned that, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the years and this whole microbiome and all that stuff. So a probiotic is that good bacteria that, you know, we want in our gut. And so, you know, taking a, a probiotic is another one that would be number four on my list of multivitamin, omega-3, vitamin D. And then if you want another one, then do a probiotic. And I think that's really good just for, again, overall gut health, but overall immune system health. Like it's related to a lot of things. Um, so that would be my other one that I would add to your supplement list. Okay, real quick. Gosh, we yeah, you, you're coming. You got to come back next month. Um, <laughs> you can even come back <laughs> this month if you want. Okay. So um, with the D's, my thing was they said I was D2 deficient, and I went around looking for D2, and I could not find D2. I got it like no, in a prescription D3. for a while. They said that yeah. D D3 will help if I needed D2. D3 would help with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, the okay. stuff on the shelf is going to basically be D3. And that's what you need. Don't worry about the different forms of vitamin D because they'll all help raise your vitamin D level. So vitamin D3 is what you'll find on the shelf, and that's pretty much what you, yeah, that's what you want to look for, for sure. Okay. Magnesium. I was taking it every day. I had to kind of back off for certain reasons, so I take it like three Mm -hmm. times a week. And uh, I found that if I, I can tell if I'm not drinking enough water, but if I drink enough water and I take magnesium three times a week, that helps my system. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. So magnesium All is right. good for GI health. You know what I mean. It's also good. Yep. It's good for GI health. It's good for um, your blood pressure, but you don't want to take too much because have you ever done a right. colonoscopy prep? What do they give you? Magnesium. <laughs> yeah. Large doses. Yes. And that's what cleans you out. So, you know, yep. you definitely don't want to be taking high doses on a regular basis. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, you know, I've got a problem. And you're going to your GI doctor and it's just because you've been taking too much magnesium. Um, so, yeah, right. a little bit um, can go a long way. So, you know, 200 yeah. milligrams um, is, is a great number for you to do just kind of prophylactically. And then remember, you know, fruits and vegetables are going to be really yep. good sources of magnesium as well just to get it in your diet. And last thing, and then we've got to go, um, calcium and magnesium combined, my understanding is yep. that helps with pain. Is that correct? Um, uh, I mean, I don't know, again, that it's really going to make a huge difference compared to taking a painkiller um, if you're in pain, pain. Um, but, you know, when you're talking about, like, arthritis or something like that, again, prophylactic, just sort of helping with overall, you know, health and, and all of that, I would say yes. The calcium and magnesium you often see together. Calcium, magnesium, and vitamin D. So, you know, you okay. can kind of, you know, kill a couple birds with one stone if you're getting – and sometimes you'll even see omega-3s with vitamin D. Like Nordic Naturals is a great omega-3, and they have, a, they have one that has the vitamin D in it as well. So you can oftentimes not have separate pills for all of these things, but you can, you know, get some of this um, all in one. So the calcium, magnesium, vitamin D is a good combo if you're going to, you know, again, take that extra calcium. Okay, I know I said last question, but okay. Fish oil, krill oil, uh, what am I supposed to actually be taking? I've heard yep, you say so omega three. Yep. So krill are the tiny little little um, tiny tiny little fish that the other big fish eat. So and those are really okay. rich in omega three that help the bigger fish to be high in omega three. So you don't have to just do krill. There are some good antioxidant properties apparently to krill. 
Um, but mm-hmm. just omega-3 in general is, is good. So don't feel like you have to specifically look for the krill. I think if you can just get that combination DHA plus EPA, 1,000, omega-3, boom, you're, mm-hmm. you're good. Tara Collingwood, thank you so much for packing all of that in. Really appreciate it. You have a blessed week. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for being with us, y'all. This has been Dee's Power Hour. God willing, talk to you tomorrow. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember all real power comes from God. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.